Let's take a quick break and hear from today's show sponsor. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach can be a slow and brutal process. And in many scenarios, it's just wasting the time of both the buyer and the seller, especially when business owners who are trying to find qualified buyers are using inaccurate and outdated data. But it doesn't have to be this way. With LinkedIn Sales Navigator, your organization can overcome these challenges by leveraging this amazing technology and platform that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights and sales. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to much better outcomes like build and bigger pipeline with real customers leading to higher win rates and conversions, and of course, larger deals and paydays all around. We call this deep sales and LinkedIn has built the first deep sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn sales navigator. Right now, our Millionaire Mindcast family has an amazing opportunity to try LinkedIn sales navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com forward slash mindcast. That's linkedin.com forward slash mindcast for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com forward slash mindcast and get started. HSA 3850. No. I don't, I know I'm going to sound crazy here. I don't even do an HSA. I promise you I'm highly compensated. I just don't do them. Most people are married. What does an HSA stand for? It's a health savings does. account. Health savings account. Okay. Yeah, that's some rum raisin fucking advice right there. <laughs> I would not do that. <laughs> some rum raisin. Yeah. What's going on, guys? Welcome into today's show. Ryan is already making me crack up, and we haven't even gotten this damn party started. Welcome into Money Moves. Myself, Mr. Matty A, my co-host, Mr. Breed. <laughs> I had to warm it up. I had to warm it up. That's how I get ready to get That's, on the We're going to have some show. good energy for you guys on the show today. We cover all things stocks, real estate, investing, and personal finance to help you on your wealth-building yes, journey to a million and beyond. We've got a about. lot of stuff to cover today. Tons. Last week, of course, we had um, CPI. We got PPI coming this week. Earnings mm-hmm. coming out. Mm-hmm. We've got some current events to touch base with you guys on. Of course, some real estate investing. And I want to get your take on um, a guy that is considered um, you know, a personal finance guy in the Instagram world. And he kind of put out a checklist of the most ideal investing retirement checklist. We're going to get your thoughts on that here today. If you guys are new to the show, welcome uh, don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss another episode. If you enjoy the podcast in any capacity, all we ask is take 30 seconds, leave us a review on iTunes, and we are doing these in video. We got Tone producing these. Macaroni Tony. Macaroni Tony. And these are going up on YouTube. So one of the things that we're starting to do a little bit more of is pulling stuff up on the screen, watching videos, checking out graphs, doing some reactions and or analysis on some of these things. And you can see the visuals on the YouTube channel if you head over to Matt Aitchison YouTube and you will see all of these up in our Millionaire Mindcast uh, section for Money Moves. Mm-hmm. Today is January 17th. And why don't beautiful we kick day. it off? It is a beautiful day, man. In California, dun, we're not dun, getting... Dun, what, what's that? Don't let it get away. I don't know. I'm not song? following you. That song It's a beautiful day, you know? Oh, it is a beautiful day. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, we, my backyard flooded. Mine too. 
I was barefoot. Cali is not built for this kind of rain in such a short period of time. I was barefoot looking like I had a uh, cooking show on Food Network in my backyard. And I was I was up to my mid-shins on the side of my house because I have DG and it just clogged my drain. I'm not well equipped to do that kind of stuff. <laughs> so I don't have When any... it comes to your money, we trust you. Yeah, when it comes to construction, I, just, I realized remodeling. I left all my tools at my last house. <laughs> but I didn't realize Shows how much you used them. I needed them. them. Yeah, well, at my house, I have somebody that does it. Thank goodness uh, for that. Um, but yeah, I didn't realize I didn't have the tools until it was time to have the tools. So I literally was digging holes with the back end of a hammer. Good, uh, good weekend. Good week. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was a great week. Great week. I was going bananas watching Psalm 75 hard on my challenge right now. Day oh, the nine. Niners game. Oh, And all I wanted to do was just like crack open a beer or Marie and I went out I on a date. I did crack open a beer. I know you did. I was messaging you, telling you to save me one. Um, mm. And I went out on my date night with Marie. The hardest part is breaking some of these bad habits of, not bad habits, but lifestyle habits that I'm used to for this challenge and we went out to Ruth Chris Steakhouse and she had this big old glass of yummy Camus wine. And mm. I'm just like crying with my sparkling seltzer water. But that being said, started. I think it's important to do some of these challenges to kind of reset the mindset, the body. I also think this can be applied to your financial journey as well of resetting some of your maybe bad habits of some of the things that you're not necessarily um, doing that you should be doing with your money. Or some of the habits that you want to, you know, start doing and thinking about how some financial rhythms can be really important. You and I obviously talk about mm-hmm. finances, investing, wealth building yep. all the time. But I think for a lot of people, right, it's something as simple as a financial Friday, right? Which is, you know, something that I do where reviewing P&Ls, balance sheets, looking at cash flow projections, looking at your budgets, whether you're on track or off track. These are all just really simple things that after a while, once you get the stuff set up, it's just staying committed to that rhythm. Mm -hmm. And obviously you live and breathe this stuff. So you're looking at that kind of stuff all Uh, the time. But I think what's, what's your advice for somebody that maybe wants to take a little bit more control over their finances in 2023 when it comes to either just basic, you know, income generation and budgeting and, or how do I use what I'm making to allocate properly into my future? I would tell people that the number one way that most people make money in is by leveraging professionals that make the mo- make more money and paying for the expertise because you get what you pay for, right? So um, like Dalbar did a study of um, retail investors, for example, investing for themselves and then using a financial advisor and the average rates of return are like different by... 4% more by using a financial advisor because we remove the emotion from the investing thing. Uh, then you go over to Matt's side of the street and you have like syndications where you can go run into Joe Schmo and put together a bunch of money with a bunch of people and go try to buy or get into a commercial real estate deal. And you might not do it as well as people that do it often. You'll pay for that, but you'll get in return what you pay for uh, your fee. So... I think long-term what I, if you look at really wealthy people, minus like Warren Buffett or people that are in the finance world, they are not day in and day out doing their finances. They've 
employed people to do their finances for them. They have a real estate person, they have a legal team, they have a finance person, they have an accountant, and all those professionals are working like their own little private family office to make them the most rate of return. Because mm-hmm. honestly, we ultimately in life, if we can think back to some of the times, you know, if we're being honest with ourselves, and I, you know, I, I would be included in this, we normally get in ourselves more, our way more than anything else. You know, mm-hmm. you're going to slow yourself down by self-doubt, by making a knee-jerk decision because of emotion, by, you know, X, Y, Z. So implementing a professional in your life to help you elevate that. That's why we have a dentist. That's why we have a doctor. That's all, why we all this stuff. Um, that would be my word of advice is to implement a professional in your real estate side that's not you and implement somebody in your finance side that's not you because that's ultimately what's going to serve you best long term. I think that's a good kind of point to to think about, right? Based on where you're at in your financial journey. As your finances get bigger and there's more at stake, even more so critical to have the right people on your team. Um, I think when you're first starting out, right, just finding something basic of just taking control and staying in relationship with your finances, how much you're bringing in, how much is going out, how much is left over and based on what's left over, you know, that kind of pie, where does that get quarterbacked and allocated to or saved or invested in starting something simple, right? And then obviously, as you get a little bit more heavy on income and investments and assets and ownership, then that's where, you know, right? Why I have Ryan as my guy who handles all of my finances on the stocks and the life insurance and all of the things that I'm not owning on my real estate side. And then, of course, having the right tax person. It is that time of year, right? Where mm-hmm. depending on how much you made and, you know, how much you're going to pay, you want to know those things. So that way you can either figure out how to pay less, right? based on certain tax strategies or what, you know, you might want to depreciate or what kind of cost segregation you might need to take advantage of. And having all of those things on the table helps you kind of assemble and put the puzzle pieces together that help you achieve the picture you're looking for. So I think at least right now, you know, if you don't have that plan, if you don't have the right people on your team, it's the time to think about it. It's the maybe a goal to make this quarter or this year and going forward, knowing that you want to keep building your wealth. So something to think about there. And if you haven't taken advantage of the free financial x-ray, that's a quick and easy place to start. Yep. Text x-ray to 844-447-1555. You can see the number there up on the screen. And that'll just be an easy way for you to connect with Ryan and his team. And what do they get when they reach out to you? We'll connect. We'll figure out if we can, A, you know, help you out. Most of the people that we're looking to see if we can help out are going to have established investment accounts, have questions about what they're doing and see if they, seeing if they can improve for that. Um, we'll set up a uh, kind of an intro call, a discovery call. I'll get all the information that I need. We'll build you a full financial plan. We'll show you kind of an apples to apples, what you're currently doing versus what could be done to improve that. If you decide to implement the stuff that can improve your uh, bottom line, uh, we'll implement those strategies and get you on kind of an autopilot and then you'll be off to the races and now you've taken kind of your investments and turned them into a financial plan and you know what you're doing and why you're doing it and what the outcome should be. And even if you guys don't take advantage of that and you at least have a little bit clear of an idea of what you're looking at 
and, you know, a third party perspective outside of maybe the perspective you've had or somebody else has given you for a long period of time. That's one thing that Ryan and his amazing team do for all our Millionaire Mindcast listeners. For all my credit investors, individuals looking at finding ways, syndication vehicles, other passive investment opportunities that are maybe outside of your network, outside of your reach, whether you want to invest or not, or you're an accredited investor and you just want to start looking at more deal flow and seeing what's out there. Don't forget to get on my accredited investor list by texting the word deals to that same phone number, 844-447-1555. And head over to millionairemindcast.com. If you want the Rich Life Planner, we got the PDF available. The physical hard copy is going to be here in early February. So that'll be something that we're putting out for all of those who want to really have all of their goals their habits, their schedule, and their productivity mapped in one place. You can check that out. And we got some other great stuff on our events coming up here in 2023, as well as some of the other things that'll be available for you guys, our Millionaire Mindcast listener, millionairemindcast.com. So let's just start with culture. What's going on in the world of uh, the kind of, I guess, <laughs> economic landscape. One thing that's very interesting, we got our man, Mr. Joe Biden, that always seems to find mm-hmm. his way into uh, the you know public eye. Yep. And, you know, left loves him, right wants to, you know, hate on him. And, you know, kind of now that the, the House and, um, you know, kind of the pendulum has swung a little bit more to the right in terms of some of the luxuries they have to pursue some of the stuff they're not happy with. Uh, I just thought it was hilarious tone. If you pull up this clip of Joe Biden, uh, this last week. God bless you all. And may God protect our troops. Classified material. Next to your Corvette, what were you thinking? Let me, uh, we're going to get a chance to speak on all this, God willing, soon. But as I said earlier this week, people, and by the way, my Corvette's in a locked garage. Okay, so it's not like you're sitting out in the street. But anyway, yes, as well as my Corvette. Um, But as I said earlier this week, people know I take classified documents and classified materials seriously. I also said we're cooperating fully and completely with the Justice Department's review. As part of that process, my lawyers reviewed other places where documents in my, uh, of, from my time as vice president were stored, and they finished the review last night. They discovered a small number of documents of classified markings and storage areas and file cabinets in my home and my, in my, my, my personal library. This was done in the case of the Biden pens. Because after this clip, the next two days, they went and found even more documents. And they found more, I think, yesterday. And found more. Yeah. Like, so this all seems very either timely or a little bit um, off. I'm, I'm a little skeptical like of it. Are they trying to set them up and like kind of push them out? Yeah. I, I don't think that the Democrats are, have faith. That, I don't think the Democratic Party has faith in Joe Biden being somebody that can A, win. And B, if he wins, be a leader that they can depend on. So are uh, they set this up for Gavin Newsom is the question. Because um, who else? What is it going to be? Kamala Harris? Rolling I, in? That I don't know. Politics is not my strength. Um, but that's what it feels like uh, to me. And uh, I do think that we're going to get uh, Ron DeSantis on the Republican card. And I think that'd be the best choice for the GOP. Um, and to move on from 
Trump just because he's just a little, he's just, you know, I think he'll still always be a part of the party, but I think he's very, you know, good to be on the sidelines. He's run his, his yeah. race and I think yeah. his time is up. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's always, you know, it's always good to know when to switch your horse up. The question is, will his ego allow that or not? not? And I don't think, uh, of course not. think that will, but. But that's why they have primaries. Very interesting to see because a lot of this, obviously, economic policy that's going to be set and driven by the administration and the White House, which oftentimes has a big impact on your finances, mm-hmm. us, the American people, right, I think is something to pay attention to yep. because if Biden is out and we have no idea who's potentially coming in behind them, you know there's always a witch hunt whether <laughs> pretty much every president gets you know, impeachments filed on them throughout their you know their term at some point they tried to i don't know how many times impeach trump i don't and know now if, they're i think going that's like a, that's a newer thing i feel like i don't remember that ever happening really prior to the last two administrations but i don't remember them trying to impeach obama i, I don't know either to be yeah. completely honest but yeah. so you know something to pay attention to there uh this last week i thought you'd get this tone pull up wall street bets uh, before we dig in on some of the uh, financial oh, that. Oh, um, stuff that's going on this week. So somebody made a bet. They were up significantly and they made an ad- uh, <laughs> well, the Chargers and Jaguars game. They were up. What was it? Twenty seven to zero. Somebody thought they were going to make an easy $11,200 by slapping $1.4 million down to make 11000 which, what an idiot. Insane to think about risking $1.4 million to make an additional $11,000. And I love what they... Uh, what they put there in the comments, this D-Gen could have bought a one-year treasury bill and made $40,000 risk-free. That's exactly and what I was thinking. If you go down the list and check out all of these comments, it's just hilarious how many people ripped this guy. But thinking about how wild that is, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I, I was just saying, you just buy a risk-free. But, but what this reminded me and why I was kind of bringing it up is one, whoever did that has God some balls you. on them. Two is oh, an idiot. Maybe used to. Who, who knows? Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and three is to remind all of us of what are you willing to risk to get what? Yeah. Like really thinking about that risk-reward ratio and scenario I think is critical when it comes to investing. And this is one of the worst-case scenarios yeah. when you think that of was a, a case study. For every 12500 you risk, you get $100 potential payout. That's insane. That's bad. Right? So thinking about that as you're starting to take some risks in 2023 because there will be some opportunities yep. that may feel a little risky closing. to you. At doors closing. And we'll talk about that. Have we seen the bottom of the market? We'll discuss that here in a little bit. Um, but I just thought that was a funny one. This Chargers uh, fan or this Chargers better um, definitely uh, is probably never going to live that one down ever. That is, that's like, hopefully he went from Bolt to a Jag. I mean, that's all you can do at that point <laughs> is just become a Jaguars fan. That's right. With that being said, let's roll over to some market updates. As you guys know, last week we were talking about, and everybody was talking about, CPI. What inflation numbers were going to come out? We made the prediction that we were going to see. We were, we were right on the, the headline was negative. Um, so that was correct, which was below consensus in a positive way. 
I wanted us to get a uh, a twenty print on the core, and we got a thirty. So we got an inline uh, print on the core, which is another year over year uh, or six month trend of of, C, or of uh, inflation continuing to go down um, based on those metrics. And we saw the market react accordingly. Um, if we would have had a 20 print on the core, we could have seen a 3 to 5% move in the S&P that day, maybe up to 10%, some individual stock names. So kind of to, for, for layman's terms, for people like me, inflation came out flat, right? Like they were expecting Inflation to be... came out flat month over month on, on core, but year over year, it's down again. Year over year, it's down, correct. But yep. in terms of... Month over month. Yep. Month over month. They were expecting or hoping for a little bit more of a drop. That being said, the market didn't pop as much because that was really already baked into where the market was at. Now, the thing that you have to keep in mind, and this is where I've been waving my flag, is there's a lot of data points getting put into this. Like they put shelter um, inflation data in there, which was just normally referred to as shelter data. And it's the only one keeping that number up. If you remove that, we're at like four point something, I believe, on where CPI is from month over month. And that would be almost a that would be a huge negative month over month. So shelter data, which is taking which is a lagging indicator anyway, and is still taking time to catch up, is artificially inflating that number. And that's going to come down. And I I don't hear a lot of people saying it yet, but the you know in three weeks when the Fed meets to do that interest rate hike, it should be a twenty five basis point hike. What if it, what if they go fifty? The market will pull back because it's baked in to be twenty five basis points. But the bond markets, there's 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 this convergence that happened, but that can't happen. And eventually, the bond market is getting so close to the Fed that they're going to have to pivot. Because the the the, the Fed the, funds rate is what three uh, high threes right high now, threes, but the, in the and ten, the ten year, years four three, low fours. No high high three tone. What's the ten year at right now? Is that three six? Can you just pull Finviz and just see? Is that three six? Three five three. Three five three. The the Fed funds rate and the ten year. I will promise you this: never ever 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 ever. Ever, ever has the 10-year treasury bent its knee to the Fed. In fact, in all cases, when there's a collision on the Fed funds rate and the 10-year treasury, the Fed always pivots. We're like 10 basis point spread. So it's the, the closest we've been right. since the beginning of every... So I'm just telling you... Is this you, a black swan anomaly? Could it happen? No. Ever? You, no, it can't. They can't. It goes against their policy. They cannot do that. Got it. It's they can't. It would it would go against everything else they did. Mm. So they can't. You can't have one and have and and, ha, and not Got have it. the other. Got it. Um. So that to me that tells me that we should get a twenty five basis point hike. By the time that that happens, data will come out again and shows that the Fed overshot, which is what they want to do. They're going to then stop raising interest rates, not cut interest rates. Yet, and then moving into quarter three, mid and beginning of Q4, I still believe we should have an interest rate cut because I do think that at that point, it, we don't need to hold 
rates that high anymore. Mm-hmm. They're going to naturally move themselves down to that three and a half, three percent zone, maybe closer to four, but it's not going to get to zero again. You know, two to two and a half is the lowest we could probably go for the Fed funds rate long term, mm-hmm. but it's going to gradually get to that over the next five years. It'll be in the high threes, low fours, and, and start moving there. And that's perfectly healthy for the market. And historically, when that's happened, we've had a rebound in the stock market. And that's what the bond market is telling me right now. That cannot, it's not perfect, but it's more right than it's wrong. So with rates being as high as they are, Tone, you can pull up the um, PBD podcast on the refinancing. We've seen, you know, this rate hike. Go ahead and you can share a little bit more on kind of what refinances. 86.2% refinancing is down. Yeah. So- See, but, but by the way, but let, me, let me just put, put it to you this way. For a loan officer, this is what that means. If you were making a hundred grand a month a year ago, you're making thirteen thousand eight hundred dollars, and you're probably buying groceries with your credit card. If you were a loan officer a year ago, making ten grand a month, you're making a thousand three hundred and eighty dollars a month, returning your S class, and you're selling your watches you bought for fifteen thousand dollars for forty two hundred dollars, and you just moved in with your mom. Man, and- yeah, mom and dad are loving that. <laughs> Yeah, wow. this is no joke, by the way. This is a real number. That's a scary week yep. over week is 30%. Yep. So when people say what you're hearing in media, housing prices are steady. Well, yeah, but you can't sell it, right? The number one thing, and help me out here, Adam, you know a lot of people in real estate and sauce talks money. You've got a lot of topics on this. That when you're accepting an offer for your home, the number one thing you want is certainty of close. You want to evaluate the buyer. Is the down payment real or was it loaned by somebody? And now the mortgage lender is going to freak out and say, wait, 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 we can't do that. You can't be using borrowed money to make a down payment. Uh, It's certainty of close, right? It's appraisal. It's everything that goes through that. Right now, certainty of close is low because who who can afford the 7% mortgage and what would I do once I sold my house? And you're seeing it in a transaction. So as soon as the inventory gets out there, Housing prices are going to go year over year, 86.2% refinancing is down. Are you interested in boosting your income by an extra $50,000 this year? If so, you're going to love what I've got in store for you. I am beyond excited to officially announce an incredible opportunity to join me in my exclusive mastermind, which will include myself and 25 other hand-selected investors who are actively pursuing commercial real estate in 2024 and want to be held accountable to making sure they buy their first or their next commercial real estate investment property that will net them a minimum of $50,000 a year. This mastermind group will not only teach you how to do that, how to find, how to analyze, how to structure and buy these types of commercial real estate investment properties, but you'll also have an opportunity to be a part of an intimate group of high achievers that are going to take your network and your resources to a whole nother level. But here's the catch. Like I mentioned before, this is exclusive. We're only selecting 25 ambitious individuals for our founding members group who are serious and ready to take that next step in their commercial real estate investing journey. So if you are ready to increase your passive income by at least $50,000 in the next year with commercial real estate investing, then this is your moment. These spaces are gonna fill up fast And trust me, this is the one and only time to be a founding member, which comes with some pretty special benefits. So 
head over to myfirst50k.com and submit your application now. Again, that's myfirst50k.com. You can head over there, check out the program, see everything that it entails, submit your application to join, and I can't wait to connect with you soon. If you only do refinance loans, which I don't know anybody that just does refis. A lot, but a lot of mortgage brokers they, got fat and happy re, off of refinances. I have a I have a client, which I will not say their name, but they did in the year prior to last year about $125 million in origination. Mm-hmm. Um they did this year a little north of a hundred million. So their origination is down. Mm-hmm. We'll call it for easy numbers. A, we'll call it twenty percent. It's yeah. a little bit more, but you yeah. know what I mean. Yep, twenty percent. But that person is do and, and that person is not doing very many refinances. I asked them, but they're just pivoting and selling different products. Mm-hmm. And the products that are very popular right now that are being sold quite a lot in new builds are buy down, buy down loans. Three one two one buy downs, where your rate goes up at a fixed amount to a fixed rate in three years or two years. Um, new home builders are giving massive concessions, mm-hmm. uh, and I mean like screen massive, too, huh? massive, massive concessions. You can for- see national home builders that came out this week. Uh, they just sixteen percent of home builders haven't had to drop prices since the market peaked in March of twenty twenty two. Most, though, as you can see in this graph, have dropped prices anywhere from 6 to 10%. And that's ultimately not even saying that's most. Look at the yeah. 15% that have dropped from 11 to 15, 7%, from 16 to 20%. 20, yeah, 22% and then, have a drop between 11 and 20%. Is mm-hmm. a different way to say that. And yep. that's, a, that's a lot. That's a lot. And, and that's, you know, even if we say the 10% number, I mean, you can probably take. Five percent off that thirty-four, and say you're at almost thirty percent of the people have a ten to twenty percent reduction in price. Yeah, I have a, I know somebody that has their house that's struggling and um, is trying to sell their house, and they're below now what they paid for it by a hundred grand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if you bought this last year, you know, there's, you know, and I, and I don't think there's going to be any drastic drop in the real estate market, even with the raising of rates. Even with this last week, inventory may have we you know normally it's you find the bottom of inventory in um, February, and we may have already found it in January. Inventory Altos reports inventory is up 0.3 percent week over week. Usually inventory bottoms in February last year in 2022. Inventory bottomed in early March, um, but it is possible that inventory may have already bottomed for the year. But even then, right, we start seeing, you know, inventory jump a little bit. We see rates jump a little bit. Um, You know, we do see, you know, the demand hold relatively stable, nothing spiking, nothing dropping too drastically. The real estate market's not going anywhere. Um, And it's not going to be, I think there's going to be opportunistic buys over the next couple months um, as we start to see more sellers, more builders, you know, giving price cuts, more incentives, getting a little bit more creative, which I think if you're a real estate investor is a great time to go in and work some creative financing deals right Mm -hmm. now. I mean, if you're not asking somebody for a seller or a broker, are you willing to get creative 
and do a carry back or seller financing. And that's not a question in your script or in your dialogue. It needs to be. Because that can be one of the greatest ways to not only get a better interest rate than you're going to get from a bank, you're not going to have to go and qualify and jump through all the paperwork and all of the, you know, underwriting hoops that they're going to put you through. And oftentimes you can create a much more advantageous win-win for you and for the seller if you can find ways to structure the deal that allows them to take a lot of the headache off of their plate, which oftentimes is why most people as an investor are selling. They don't want to deal with tenants. They don't want to deal with toilets. They don't want to deal with the tax BS. They don't want to deal with all the crap that comes with actually owning and operating and managing a real asset because it's not as passive as people may think it is. And you, the investor who is going to be more hands-on, more purposeful, more systematic, and ultimately understands a lot of the pain points that you're going to be alleviating for them, if you can still pay them cash flow every single month while taking all of those headaches off their plate, Mm -hmm. and you can avoid having to go through and be beholden to all of the hoops and all the BS that goes along with qualifying with a bank, that's a win for everybody. And those are things that you should be leaning into and looking at right now because this is the perfect storm for that. This is the ideal economic landscape where you can go into a seller and have that conversation and they're going to be much more open to it now versus what was six or 12 months ago. It was, no, get in line with the other 18 people that are going to offer $50,000 more on my property. Nice try. Well, guess what? A lot of the houses days on market are up. Cancellations are up. Buyer demand is down, right? Rates are up. So this is the perfect storm for creative real estate investors to get in there and create that dialogue. And that's where I see a lot of people who are getting so scared and fear-mongering about what this market is versus the opportunity that is within it. The opportunity zone and the growth zone is uncomfortable, because it's you're growing and you're doing something you've never done before, but that's how that's why that there's like the sayings that go like the fortune favors the bold and stuff like that, not the stupid, but the bold. Yep, doing the hard thing because when doing, it doesn't feel ideally right to you, yeah, and that's what that's what separates successful people from unsuccessful people. I'm I do things that are uncomfortable all the time. That's why I constantly grow. That's why we constantly have better and better, better business years. You have to take the uncomfortable route so that people can follow you and somebody should then take your staff and continue beyond you. That's your, you know, generational wealth wheel. So it's always got to be the uncomfortable thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited. I'm working a couple different um, creative seller financing negotiations right now. And just some high little, little I'll just leave you guys with, with this little, little piece right here. Is if you're going to have a conversation with somebody about seller financing, it's always going to come down to price terms and timing. Can you create a win-win for you and a win-win for them that makes sense for everyone? And the things that you want to think about when you're talking about terms, right? We always say, you know, you can have price or you can have terms, but you can't have both. Well, ideally, we want both. But when you're negotiating and talking to somebody else about that, price or terms, but you can't have both. When you're talking about terms, right, thinking about how the interest rate ties in, thinking about your amortization schedule, the longer, the better, right? Thinking about interest only, thinking about balloon payments and when you may need to come full and pay that loan off. Those are some of the things that you can start to toggle and play around with to get creative and making the numbers pencil for you in the meantime 
while you may be moving towards a capitalization event or an exit strategy that allows you to have little to no money into some of these deals. So just thinking about some of those things, if you want to know more, reach out to me on Instagram or if you want to connect with me um, on the text line 844-447-1555, you can do so. I'll have some more resources coming out for that. But this is this is one of those exciting, opportunistic you know, seasons that the economic landscape has given us in real estate that not many people are paying attention to. Shifting over to what we are expecting this week and what might be important that you're seeing in the market. We got PPI, producer price index. Should get a 0.1 print on uh, core PPI and a negative print uh, potentially again on headline PPI, which will be good for the market. I expect a re- and, uh, I, I expect that we might have a, a pop in the market if that happens. And we've also got earnings coming out Correct. for a couple a couple of big names that are slipping my head right now. Um, I just looked them up before I came on, but we we had bank earnings. Prologix, today. right? Prologis. Um, is it Logix? Logis. I think it's Logis. Um, we got that. We got uh, today. Uh, we had a lot of bank. We got Discover. We got PNC tomorrow. We have some bellwethers of the S and P and the Nasdaq and the Dow uh, reporting. Um, and if the earnings are starting to come in line and the thing is they're getting readjusted to be easier and easier and easier to beat on forecasts. I am of the, of the, uh, the staking ground that says earnings are not going to be as bad as expected or much better than expected. What does that mean for, you know, the retail investor? If you're staying invested and that happens, plus we continue to get positive inflation data, you make a lot of money. We could potentially, I sent a chart to um, Matt that I don't know if we're going to go over or not, but I had, you got that time. I had shown that it looked like maybe, there you go up on the screen. I'm not a very good drawer. So I apologize. (laughs) And I did that with my finger. Um, But that appears to be the market bottom um, in October of last year. And what we can see is kind of these uh, rebounding cycles in these um, little areas. Those bars are uh, days on market um, and certain activities that happen. But what this chart indicates to me is that if we continue to hold above the 200-day moving average like we currently are and we continue to have positive data, we can have a push somewhere between the 44 to 4700 mark on the S&P by October of this year, which then would be the next time when we would have maybe another little bit of a pullback or some profit taking, which is totally normal in, in uptrend market cycles. They, they go up most of the time and down a little bit because there's profit taking and reallocation of assets. I'm not saying that's going to happen. That's not my like stake in the ground prediction like I was making last year with these um, rate cuts or I am making with the current rate cut going forward. But I'm starting to feel more and more and more in that camp based on the data that's coming in. Again, CPI data is is a fallacy right now because it, it's appearing to be much higher than it is. Because according to CPI, your house hasn't lost any value really. And it, and it absolutely has. Um, so that data is still needed to get cooked in and caught up. I'm hoping that based on the way they're now looking back, the one-year look back versus the two-year look back, which started in January of this year, that's going to help accelerate that mm-hmm. catch up. What are your thoughts around kind of the political theater and narrative, Janet Yellen coming out, 
you know, concerns over the debt ceiling. And I've said it before. We can't pay our, yeah. you know, lien holders. We should get rid of debts. the debt ceiling. We're the only developed country in the whole entire world, I believe. I'm right on that. But, uh, I believe we're the only developed country in the entire world that has a debt ceiling. And we always raise it. So we should get rid of the debt ceiling. Because I've heard... Issue bonds, pay the bonds... A lot of people are saying, or I guess the alternative narrative is, well, all holders of U.S. dollars are the ones getting screwed by us continuing to raise the debt ceiling, raise the debt ceiling, raise the debt ceiling. Why? Debt is how we make money. True. The money's being used. It's debt. That means it's being leveraged. Mm -hmm. False. Go, go. Away, Robert Kiyosaki of the world. <laughs> it, it was it was Peter Schiff. Peter Schiff, your favorite. Yeah, your favorite just, man. All right, I would not be doing prudence to all of our favorite listeners that are loving this little crypto pop we're seeing. Some predicting the end of the crypto winter. No. What are you seeing? What are you feeling? Why are we seeing this little bump right now? I have no idea why we're seeing a little bump, but FTX token is up 170% in the past seven days. That doesn't mean the crypto winter's <laughs> over. It's just there's a pop in the um, the crypto market follows the stock market. So you're welcome. Uh, the difference is the stock market's regulated and the cryptocurrency market is not, a crypto market, I'll say that, excuse me, is not. And there's a lot of, especially now, given over the past six months, what's happened, a lot of legislation that's pending that's getting pushed forward uh, very, very, very quickly. India just moved to completely ban uh, all cryptocurrency in all forms within their borders. Not something you might want to take into account when there's over 1.4 billion people that live in that country. Um, also something to take into account uh, that the U.S. population is about 1.5% Indian and they cover about 6% of the U.S. tax mm. federally. So... Something to keep in mind. Those people make a lot of money. That's my point. Yeah, very interesting. Um, so that um, that's that's concerning to me. Um, I'm I still think there are people that like, like Michael Saylor and stuff. Just no basis in reality for what they're trying to do or what they want to do. I would not get into uh, any cryptocurrencies you already didn't own. I wouldn't put any more money towards them. I definitely wouldn't own Bitcoin. It's, uh, I was talking with somebody the other day that I thought I didn't really do a whole lot of research or digging on this, but I'm curious and maybe we can circle up on this a little bit at a later point in time, but mm -hmm. was talking with somebody about how AI is ultimately going to make the blockchain not as special as it has been because ultimately the AI advancement of what they're doing is going to be able to crack blockchain quite easily and is already showing that they can do it with the exponential growth that's right around the corner blockchain is just going to become another technology that is great but is not as special not as encrypted not as decentralized as people are talking about it as yeah and that's what happens with kind of everything that comes around right it always gets improved upon very quickly there's always the next best thing something with you know ai is going to get improved as far as it's um you know, when it gets its dexterity of how it, how it learns will be better. So I, I don't know much about that. I haven't read anything about it. Yeah. It sounds, it sounds very uh, quantifiable. 
Sounds possible. I'll just say that. I'm not Plausible. saying that's what it's going to, to be or is, um, but just very interesting how AI is one of those rapidly accelerating, you know, technologies. We use machine learning in our algorithms. So it's not AI. It's We have to call it machine learning, but it's an algorithm that learns based on what it did, based on the data that goes into it. So it's 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 a real thing and it really does help us identify stuff sometimes and identify opportunities sometimes. Well, let's wrap it up with this. We got the ultimate investing checklist for 2023. I always love to scan all the different personal finance blogs, all of the quote unquote gurus that are on, you know, social media putting out content. There's some great stuff. There's some stuff I completely disagree with. Um, this page, the Personal Finance Club, puts out consistently, um, you know, content, facts, data, and sometimes their own opinions. And so, Tone, as we pull this up on the list, I want to get your thoughts on the ultimate investing checklist 2023. As you guys can see here, and for those that can't see, I will read this off to you. Invest in these accounts in this order. I'm curious on your thoughts on the accounts and in the order. And just from somebody who's so transparent and understands the industry of what's good, what's bad, what are kind of some of those things that have just been shoved down people's throats forever and they think it's good, but it's really not doing them service. And some of the things that are and should be on somebody's investing agenda. Number one, 401k, 403b up to their match. Uh, I think that that's a. I think that if you have a company sponsored retirement plan, I think getting a hundred percent return on your dollar is very important. So yes, if the match is unlimited, you'd have to figure out a, a number that works for you. But yes, I agree with that. Perfect. HSA thirty eight fifty. No, I don't. I know I'm going to sound crazy here. I don't even do an HSA. I promise you, I'm highly compensated. I just don't do them. Um, most people are married. What does an HSA stand for? It's a health savings account. Health savings account. Okay. Yeah, that's some that's some rum raisin fucking advice right there. <laughs> I would not do that. <laughs> some rum raisin. Yeah. Number three, Roth IRA up to sixty five hundred dollars. If you're not phased out, which most people in the United States that are highly compensated are, in that case, uh, and in most cases, I defer to using a life insurance retirement plan. Four hundred one k slash four hundred three b. Nope. Up to twenty two five hundred. Nope. Don't put any more money into your qualified accounts. You you get taxed at a higher rate. The federal government has control over those accounts. They can force distributions from them. Uh, I'm a bigger fan of number five taxable I, brokerage, yeah, which that, is obviously that unlimited. would be that would be like number two or three for me. Number two or three for me would be like a life insurance retirement plan. You always need to turn on dividend reinvestment in your investment accounts unless you're not unless you're trying to hold a cash position and, and trade very frequently, which most people are not if they're long. So when you're long, you do dividend reinvestment programs. You need to set up automatic investments. It's just the best way to do it. It lets you take advantage of dollar cost averaging at least monthly. And I, the best thing um, that I see on there is don't sell anything until you retire. Um, one of the things that you can kind of tell... Uh, easy things that tell me this is not a very sophisticated person. Whoever wrote this list is like, sell more, right, Anthony? Let's sell more of our stocks and buy bonds. Yeah, Because historically, bonds have always done good. He's got, after that first list of the top five, then it's choose one to five low-cost One index. to five. 
Yeah. It's that easy. Index. Check one to five. Low-cost index funds diversified across U.S. international <laughs> and bonds. No. Turn on dividend reinvestment. I know yeah, you would agree with I that. Like that. Set up automatic investments. I know you would agree with that. Rebalance. Rebalance. Fixed schedule. Only in accounts that have a fixed menu of investments. So only in like your 401ks, 403bs. That's the only time you need to rebalance. Other than that, you should be trading your accounts and buying different assets because you shouldn't be holding the same assets if you can. It's almost like saying you could uh, go to the grocery store and you'd buy the same groceries every single time you went to the grocery store. You just wouldn't do that. Just wouldn't do that. You you mix it up because you can buy everything from the grocery store. And then, of course, we know how you stand on this one. Reallocate towards bonds as you age. I think that you can reallocate towards safer equity classes and alternatives and some fixed income. But um, bonds have a very odd relationship with retirees because they used to be things that they'll, they'll not be again. And bonds should be really a cash alternative, in my opinion, versus a large portion of your uh, investment portfolio. Mm. I probably won't ever have less than 70% equity in my investment portfolio ever. I just don't want to not ha- have that. I want equity exposure because equity ex- equities historically and always have beat every other asset class. They have beat it on losses too in the short term, but they always beat it on long-term annualized returns. So what do you give this guy a score? C minus. C minus. C's get degrees, baby. Papa Breedwell. That is all we got for you guys on this week's show. As always, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes. It means the world to us. You can also check out millionermindcast.com for all of the stuff that we have in there in the store, the planner, events, my notes. Um, And don't forget to uh, to take advantage of the free financial Mm x-ray. Ryan and his amazing team will do for any of our Millionaire Mindcast listeners. Just text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. For all my credit investors, you want to get on my deals list, you want to know more about the syndication opportunities I've got available or put out to our Millionaire Mindcast family, text the word DEALS to 844-447-1555. That being said, keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your march to a million and beyond. We'll see you guys in next week's episode. Cheers. Cheers. Well, that wraps up this week's episode of Wealth Building Wednesday. Be sure to tune in next week for more news and updates. If you got some value from today's show, all we ask is that you either leave a review on whatever podcasting platform you enjoy listening to this content on or share this with somebody that you know can gain some insight, some value from it. One of the things that you guys know about Ryan and I is, you know, we definitely won't say we have all the answers and we definitely won't say we know it all. We just want to bring conversation to the areas, the topics that we believe are really important to bring attention and awareness to to help you sharpen your axe, put more tools on your tool belt, weaponize you to make the best decisions that align not only with your financial goals, right, but your lifestyle goals. So if you guys want to take advantage of Ryan's free financial x-ray on your investment portfolio, all you have to do is text the word x-ray to 844-447-1555. Most people have no idea what they're being charged from a fee perspective or really in most cases overcharged and whether or not their current investment plan is actually aligned with what they're trying to accomplish and by when. And this is something Ryan does for all of our listeners for free. So be sure to take them up on that X-ray, one word, 844-447-1555. Also, if you are someone who is serious about building your wealth and 
you're already kind of established, but you want to surround yourself with other like-minded, high-net-worth individuals, be sure to text WEALTHCAMP, one word, to 844-447-1555 to learn more about our intimate five-star experiences with other like-minded business owners and investors to cross-pollinate, to hear what they're doing, and to have a whole, a whole hell of a lot of fun while we're doing it. And last, if you want to know more about consulting or getting mentorship directly from me or from Ryan, you can learn more by texting the word MENTOR to 844-447-1555. With that being said, that's all for this week. Until next Keep investing in yourself and your wealth on your March to a million and beyond. Cheers, my friends.